Well, happy Thanksgiving, Aaron. Well, happy Thanksgiving, Elizabeth. It's a weird one this year, not gonna lie. Why? What makes it weird? Stop it. No, I, I don't get it. What What's going on? Is something happening? No, I think the fact that we're all planning outdoor gatherings in the middle of 40 degree weather says it all. Why would we be doing it in outdoors? Don't play coy with me. <laughs> well, is something happening? Am I missing something? Uh, yes, and Aaron's thing is happening. It's the 10th anniversary of Tangled. Ooh, that is worth celebrating. <laughs> I love these sorts of things because I never know when they're coming. So when my Instagram blows up with certain pictures again and again and again, I'm like, is something? Oh, this is something I could have been prepping for because it's an art thing. And I could have, I, you know, I could have been a part of this, but I just didn't have the time. <laughs> Wee! Or foresight or any sort of marketing capabilities. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. That I did. couldn't monetize my love for just this once. Just this once I could Just couldn't. this once couldn't make money off of it. But for what it's worth, I was thinking about it with it being the 10th anniversary. I was really thinking hard about it. And I, in addition to it being better than Frozen, which I think it is. Agreed. Um, I think it has just a wonderful quality similar to many of the renaissance disney movies and if you'll allow me i think it's because both our princess and our male lead both have character arcs that they undertake they both have personalities the one it most closely reminds me of is perhaps aladdin or even beauty and the beast where the importance is this one character learning that what he thought he needed isn't what he needed. He actually needed this. And that was going to be my question is, is how does Jasmine go through? Because I'm trying to think of like significant others of the main characters. Well, usually women. Beast, yeah. Jasmine, uh, Prince Eric, you know, of the Renaissance, mostly. Nala, you know, all of these people who are like are the significant others of the main characters. You know, what character arcs do they go through? And in reality, Beast is the only one yeah. out of all of all four of those. Jasmine's a great character, but in the end, you know, it's the same thing with Belle. Belle wanted more in this provincial life. She wanted adventures and someone to understand her, which in the end she does get. But Jasmine felt so trapped by the role that she had to play in her kingdom and she doesn't really get to escape that she just has someone that she likes with her now which feels the same thing with Belle sometimes it feels the same thing with <laughs> just like every time like really what you wanted was this handsome man and that's okay that's enough for you right so you just want this really handsome rich dude with a library right yeah it's really what you want it's really what we all want girls uh but that's why Tangled's so good I think because Rapunzel wants to know who she is and what this is and she does get to learn that and we have Eugene who thinks that what he needs is treasure and he learns that he needs a different kind of treasure. The treasure was inside all along. No, no. The treasure that. was love. No, even no, nah, Eugene gets to be actually what you wanted was this hot chick. He gets that particular role. You are my new dream. Again, which is nice. It's a good flip flop. And it's funny because like uh yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh Beast does do that. But like Jasmine, like I was even like maybe even the uh live action remake maybe would do that, but they, I think they tried and, you know, failed horribly, but they tried. Well, she wanted to be Sultan and she got to be Sultan, which is unfortunate because it's the want versus need that makes classic Disney Renaissance so good. Want what you think you want versus need what you actually end up needing. And there should be like a, a play on that. It's kind of why Hercules fails because Hercules always wanted to belong. He didn't want fame and power like Aladdin and then only realized what he really wanted was acceptance. He didn't get that growth of want to need. And I think that's the same thing 
I would disagree because he does find the acceptance that he's always wanted. But he always and he wanted found the ex- that. Yeah, but then he find the acceptance that he needed too. With he he accepted himself versus others accepting him because the whole point of him getting offered a place on Mount Olympus and him turning it down, I would say that he does truly need himself yeah. or want himself. It's I, more of a self-acceptance. This hot lady is where I belong. <laughs> no, I, I think it's a little bit more than that. I think that is a part of it, absolutely, at least 50%. But I would say that his acceptance of self is more so what, because he wanted acceptance from others. What he really needed was acceptance from himself. Sherlock, do you have a point you'd like to make? Our cat has entered and just raised his paw. Like, he has some thoughts on this, but he doesn't because he's not Aaron. And she's not Elizabeth. And we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea. Hey, you set it up on that weird note. <laughs> I'm sorry. I could, I'll do better next time, I promise. Yes. Uh, plug party. You can find us on Facebook at Marriage to the Idea. You can email us at Married to the Idea Reviews at gmail.com. You can check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Married to the Idea. We are on SoundCloud and iTunes, and we certainly hope that you enjoyed last week's 100th episode. We had a really fun time recording it and hearing from all of our different amazing guests. We're so appreciative that they took time to reach out to us. Yeah, and- thank you again to everyone who sent it out. That was It was really fun, and then as much as I tried to not give as uh, any kind of indication of what they should do, that was actually more of a fault rather than a... A help or hindrance versus a help, and well, you can hear that everyone had their own different idea of what yeah, to do with those thirty seconds. I was, and it's like I was like, just make it less than thirty seconds, and and we got one that was extremely short, and then it's just like, and everyone's asking me these questions, I'm like just say, hey, we're we're happy to be on, and happy you guys have a boy. I really should episode. get back on Facebook. You need me desperately, desperately. <laughs> So yeah, we're we're very excited that we've hit this milestone, and um, you know, we got a lot of congratulatory uh, messages about it. And thank you to our listener who uh, has been with us from the beginning, I guess. So so let's talk about a movie that we just genuinely enjoyed because it's we're after a hundred now. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna take it easy now. Just let the cash roll in. So a couple of months ago, we did a big two part episode on the studio who released wolf walkers which is what we are discussing today as you can tell from the um title card <laughs> yes as i can tell from the title card. <laughs> i do that all the time i'm sorry that... like we can't see the picture <laughs> yeah the picture that you haven't made yet <laughs> no the picture's there somewhere somewhere uh, so we did those two we did secret of kelson song of the sea because wolf walkers trailer had just been announced and it was on apple plus and we thought oh well now we have to go get Apple Plus, and we've been holding out on Apple Plus. I mean, we still will. But luckily, we got to go to a limited screening of Wolf Walkers at our local one-screen theater, Central Cinema. It has been ages since we've been to a theater, and while it was definitely Since you strange, had been, because I, I, I got to go... Uh... Aaron keeps going, continue. he still has these luxuries. I have been... Super busy with the end of school, and it was very maddening. It, it was a ladies' night. It was a ladies' night. Was that it? Yeah, that was the night I went. Oh, nice. Because I went and watched uh, Kid Detective uh, starring Adam Brody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Adam Brody, yeah. And what did you think of it? In uh, 10 words or less. Really fun concept. Brody shines. Interesting mystery. A bit dark. There we go. There you go. Nice job. So... We got the chance to go see Wolfwalkers, and I'm really glad we did. There are uh, 
there's something something still so fun about the experience of the movie theater and i know that everything is really crazy right now but i didn't think i would miss the social aspect quite so much of course that doesn't negate the bad experiences we were seated in front of some oh. ladies who throughout the entire movie what was the phrase they kept saying aaron i i don't know it wasn't, i can't remember it wasn't enough just not enough not it, it was quite. a lot but it wasn't enough and it wasn't bad that they were talking. I don't care. I talk a lot during movies myself. I make a lot of jokes and stuff like that. I absolutely do. I'm that. I am that person. But it would be like during the quiet moments when I would hear, and it's they're right behind my left shoulder. I'm just kind of like, shut up. See, so I think there is something to be said about still doing the movies at home. <laughs> yeah, but you don't get a um classic, an absolute classic. Of a Looney Tune short beforehand. Yeah, that was very exciting. I was so I was so happy that not only that they did it, but we got to see it because it was a it's the classic one with Wiley e. Coyote and the Sheepdog, Morning Floyd, Morning Ralph. That <laughs> I had never seen that one before. Oh, so my dad and I have done me. that. Uh, we haven't done it as much recently, but we've done that. Morning Floyd, Morning Ralph. <laughs> my dad. I, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast. It may have, but my dad is a huge Looney Tunes fan has a tattoo of Bugs Bunny riding a motorcycle on his chest. Um uh, was his first tattoo actually. Oh no, second one. But yeah, he is um a huge fan and obviously passed it along on to me and I think my love for animation came from that. So mm-hmm. And we uh I've been watching the new Looney Tunes. Yeah, it's really, I really good. I really enjoy them. I think it captures the spirit of it. Uh, I also and one of the ones who did like the previous iteration. Yeah, the more sitcom Seinfeld-esque one. Yeah, I enjoyed that aspect too. Lola Bunny was the best new addition or the best change in all of that. Daffy could get a little much at times. Um, and of course, you know, as a you know Looney Tunes kid, uh, it was hard to see Bugs Bunny lose a few times. But it He's was still... To. Every once in a while, you can't, a guy has to lose. Exactly. <laughs> I did like the more angular style that they had for it, too. Kind of reminiscent of DuckTales and the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2D show. Yeah, the one from the new series I liked was the ninja one with these little just thumbs of ninjas who would... Like, the character design was just so interesting. Oh. And I just, I just liked him so much. I don't know why. And it was just so fun to see. <laughs> But yeah, that we uh, we were very excited to get be able to watch this classic cartoon, and um, I actually took my dad. Uh, I think back in March or February, they had a, a showcase of cartoons, and it was really funny. The one I liked in a different way than the other ones was the there was this one from like the seventies. I think it was Chuck Jones, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But it was like different sounds and how they're like visualized and stuff like that it was very very, fantasia yeah it was a little bit more ethereal and uh my dad was like yeah i loved all of them except for that weird one about the sounds and the shapes and stuff like that it just wasn't my my style because he just likes simple stories and and it was just i found it really funny like i like that one's concept really (laughs) a lot but the other ones were better in in all honesty so i want to see if they could do it again and then include a very random one from my memory that i've never seen anyone else talk about it is from the heydays of it like back when they're still trying to establish characters like after bugs bunny and elmer fudd and all that had been established but they were trying to explore other avenues or had these random other cartoons and this one was this guy his wife is in labor and so he's in the waiting room you know smoking cigarettes you know like doing that stuff and then um they're like 
Mr. Johnson, your baby is here. And uh, he goes and looks at it. And, like, you know, you see curly blonde hair, curly brown hair, curly black hair, and then green skin and antennas. And he's like, which one's mine? And she points at the one with green skin and antennas. And he goes, uh, are you sure? And it, his baby is a Martian or whatever. And, like, it's it's super smart and keeps doing things. That, and he's like, this is how a baby should act. But, I'll, you know, I love my son anyways. And it's, uh, it's, it's a really funny classic one. But I've never seen anyone else talk about it ever. Like, I, I just I have it. Um, I, I can tell you most of the plot um, or I can remember very key scenes, including near the end. But no one else has ever talked about it. So I was like, hey, Central Cinema, here's a here's a good one. So. <laughs> But then Wolfwalker started, and oh. the animation is just fantastic. Uh, did you notice, like, the blur they had on the edge of the screen when you were in the woods? No. To make it look more like it was filmed? Uh, the, the studio has a great job of creating perspective in a flat sense. Oh, gosh, yeah. You definitely saw it in Secret of Kells, where things just flatly lay if you look at a town, the town is a big circle. You see the circle. It's not in slanted force perspective. It's just, here's the top and the tower peeking out through the wall at the top. It's, it's a beautiful way of looking at perspective, intentionally so. It kind of harkens back to the idea of old illustration, of old design, where that was the way you portrayed it. And those are for like your big establishing shots of things like the wood and things like the town. And then when you go into them, Everything kind of goes back to normal. But it's a great way to just show that this is a different kind of movie. It has a different kind of setting. Yeah. And I, they, they really understand space or at least they um, like show space in such a unique way. And you're right. Secret of Kells does this like almost every scene you have some sort of excuse me, establishing shot like that. Whereas with this one, it did that a few times, but it was not nearly as much as um, Secret of Kells. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't even think Song Song of the Sea really did that much at all. Yeah, there were some times, but uh, like when they went into that little uh, shrine, and you could see the tree growing flatly in the middle of it. Right. That... Uh, so every once in a while, they would do something like that. Uh, there's... Something really, uh, well, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say that Wolf Walkers continues the studio's tradition of, uh, but you just don't understand me, mom and dad. <laughs> just, boy, just, they just really, these protagonists, now I say mom and dad. No, I lie. You just don't understand me, dad. You don't know what I'm going through. Yeah, a father figure who is there, who is very prevalent, but, um, just doesn't understand. And just I thought doesn't they were, understand. I thought they were going to break it this time because our protagonist, her father loves her dearly. It's evident and awesome. And she doesn't have to hide herself around him. And he doesn't get mad at her the first couple times that she screws up because he knows his daughter and he loves her. Uh, and he's a- even like, he's trying to protect her and keep her hidden a little bit because it's it is for her own good because as we see a little bit later in the film that once she is discovered that it becomes more that she needs to help out kind of thing like she needs to be put to work mm-hmm. uh, so he was doing it for a, a reason a purpose and not the i'm just trying to keep you safe because your mother died and i don't want you to die it's not one of those sorts of things uh, he, cr- he truly truly loves her but yeah then we do flip into the uh oh i can't should i spoil it Um, let's no, let's not spoil it. Um, 
or at minimum after until after the sponsor down. Uh, well, uh, Cartoon Saloon, right? Yes. Cartoon Saloons. <laughs> Someone has daddy issues there. Super heavy. Well, I mean. But in a it, much it, better it, way than Marvel, I will say that. <laughs> I mean, uh, if you look at some of the more um, well-known directors, there's always like a director's trademark. There's always some sort of uh, trope that they just absolutely adore. Or it becomes a trope because they do it so much. Um, you know, Steven Spielberg has a thing about fatherhood. Uh, because I think his father died when he was young. Or he didn't wasn't really as involved with his father, um, but fatherhood, or he always has a, always felt weird about becoming a father. So you see it in like Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones, um, and you know there's there's just a lot that like you know you have the the super long shot or the rotating long shot of M Night. You have um, George Lucas with you know. I've got a bad feeling about this kind of thing. There's there's a lot that... Um, but this is more of a studio doing it time right. to time as opposed to a director saying even things um, I'm interested in exploring. I mean, look at Pixar or look at, um, you know, DreamWorks. You know, they, they all have their, their tropes in a way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, DreamWorks... Well, uh, yeah, you're right. Pixar is all about hidden worlds. Yeah. And DreamWorks is all about finding like truly accepting who you are and the strength that lies within and then pixar just really likes thick small thick women yes <laughs> pixar are you a boobs or ass person uh i think it's pretty self-evident yeah there. pretty much <laughs> if i could look as good as mrs incredible i would i'd be okay with that you do well i do have my short hair now the, oh. the similarities are coming together hmm. <laughs> New cosplay am I, am I close idea. to Lycra? Not yet, but uh, <laughs> I don't know if I've told you this, Aaron, that now that I'm on break, I'm going to start doing uh, my workouts again. So maybe one day I will achieve the, the ideal human form. Maybe one day I will look you like know, I've been drawn on a piece of paper. Something I've been trying to not wrap, wrap my head around, but trying to remember the last uh, year or so is this, I don't want to be the ideal male figure, you know, like six pack and rippling muscles and bulging biceps and you know just ginormous pecs you know i don't want that i just want to not hate my body i just want to be comfortable in my own skin so that i i try to pass that along and say you know don't don't push yourself to a breaking point if you want to keep working out keep working out uh if you want to run run if you want to do yoga lift weights it doesn't matter if you want to do it do it but don't do it because you like want to achieve something that will not be achieved you know a lot of times when we see these guys in superhero movies that are you know absolutely ripped they are like and especially in those scenes that they're usually dehydrated to allow the skin to be really taut over the muscles i don't know man if kamel nanjiani can do it i think we all have to do it too i i kind of agree with that point and he even said that you know he had a insane workout but it wasn't like unimaginable you know, it's just these guys are. No, are, I can't imagine the Rock's diet. To be honest, he talks that. about what he does. Oh yeah, he, he hates calories. Cod. He has to consume. He hates cod because he ate it so much. I feel for the guy. I'd make tequila too. I'd want to get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he still does some amazing workout stuff too. So, but um, yeah, <laughs> if you want to work out, work out. Like, and I pass this along to everyone who is listening. You know, don't hate yourself just to work out find a workout that you like i've been enjoying yoga a lot recently it helps me find my zen and my center and everything like that you know, namaste 
Um, but I, I found, um, I, you know, real quick plug, Yoga by Adrian um, on YouTube. She has a, a ton of videos and I don't have the best balance when I'm doing that kind of stuff. And I don't feel like if I can't fully go through with it, with the, the pose or anything like that, that I'm not going to get the best workout because of it. So she, she has a nice pace. She's very friendly and approachable in her videos. So um, I, I'd recommend her. Back to wolf walkers. <laughs> We've got meandery today. I don't know. I mean, you know. 101, yeah. we do what we want. Move on. Yeah, 101. <laughs> this is where the cash rolls in. <laughs> uh, we, um, Liz uh, started her vacation today, um, and we're hoping to. It's completely evident. <laughs> yeah, and um, I uh, was lucky enough to uh, leave work a little early today. So we're both kind of in vacation mode already. So yeah, meandering conversations are norm. <laughs> But um, yeah, Wolfwalkers, the trope of the dad not understanding, like how I tied that all back together, uh, is um, is very prevalent. Um, I think there's some other tropes, uh, you know, supernatural occurrences with young children. Um, you oh, know, magic babies. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> um, I would say magic children, but... It, it's. It's a saying. It's oh, okay. Sorry. If, you're, if you're not a Brian David Gilbert guy, I wouldn't expect you to get that one. I, 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 from what I have seen, you have seen as well. I don't think I've watched one without you. He invented a new sport that combines esports and regular sports together. You have VR. No, 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 no. No, you have to play a runner, one of those running infinite runner games, while also playing dodgeball. It looks oh. quite. It looks quite spectacular. Uh, did you, did I send you that video or did I just save it? Uh, there is a VR dodgeball now. Oh yeah, you showed me that one. I I kind of like I I I Liz and I have been talking about this for a long time. I want a VR headset. I just don't I I just can't pull the trigger on one and um I just saw that I'm like, "Oh, that would be so much fun." <laughs> so, um because uh, I played uh, a couple different games at my uh, our friend Keenan's house, uh husband of Sarah who was on the Hamilton episode. Um and uh, I kind of want to be like, the next time I go over, I'm like, hey, Keenan, I'll spot you some money if you want to buy like Five Nights at Freddy's. I don't like playing horror games, but I feel like I can play that one. I think VR for me is the same thing that a PlayStation 2 was for me. I only want it so I can play my rhythm games. <laughs> I only want DDR and I only want Guitar Hero and I only want Beat Saber. That's all I really care about with video games. I kind of want to see someone do a Guitar Hero of sorts in um vr because then you can actually like see the crowd and everything like that like we just saw that game where you like mix tracks together and it's oh, not God, a yeah. game game it's a hey you want to mix vocals and tracks together and be a dj here are the tools to do that in a game setting and like that looks really fun yeah and um and now beat saber has lincoln park songs so sweet <laughs> yeah i you were there when i was playing them the other night uh, well, you're on a VR headset. I have no idea what you're doing in there. True, true. See, that's, that's and if I if I were to get one, then we could cast it to TV and you can watch it. <laughs> I suppose so. But like, <laughs> goodbye, Aaron. You're going in the box. I'll see you later. No, we would still interact. <laughs> I'm mostly. sure we would. Uh, interaction would be me just walking around, poking you with a stick in various parts of the body when things happen, so you get freaked <laughs> out. Uh, Matt Pat from uh, Game Theory and Game Theory Live, uh, GT Live uh played five nights at freddy's the the help wanted game and his wife uh stephanie scared him at one point 
she like waited like you could see her just like no 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 not yet uh, not no yet. it was it was just pretty perfect timing too so <laughs> uh don't do that to me <laughs> i won't do that to you uh or I, else i'll just have to cuddle you all night because i can't sleep yeah you're gonna get so spooked if you do five so nights at freddy's have have i ever told the story on on the podcast of my first experience with five nights at freddy's i don't think so um so we'll say this and then we'll jump into the sponsor dome sound good okay um uh so for those of you who don't know i used to work at a amusement uh entertainment center uh called zuma fun center um i worked there for a little bit and uh, was actually a manager so i would walk around a lot at night and um we had animatronics that were broken down uh you would also walk be walking across the floor and one of the games would just be like in that demo mode, like hey come try your luck or you know if it was ddr i'd be playing a song or something like that there's a spider stomp game that always scared the shit out of me at night it'd be like i'd just be walking by like come stomp on me and i'm like no um so i had that experience and like right after or during my time Five Nights, the very first Five Nights at Freddy's came out. It was actually my exposure to Markiplier, I'm pretty sure, too. Uh, because um, I, I don't know what drew me to this video. I don't remember why I found it. But I just remember seeing this this game. And I kind of want to go back and rewatch that very first one with Markiplier. And <laughs> he uh, he goes through and he manages to make it through the first night. But just barely, because your if your power runs out, then Freddy the the bear animatronic actually gets like a free jump at you, or like it's a free right there, and essentially he goes through the music to kind of build up the tension, and then he will jump out at you. As the music dies, it turns to six o'clock for him, um, which is the 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 end goal for each night, and. <laughs> It was hilarious because he just like you. He's just sitting there staring at this glowing eyes. Because uh, in the first game, you're in this control room that has two doors. Why it has two doors? Probably just for the game. But it's so funny because don't, don't yeah don't try to break it down because it takes more power to keep the doors closed than it does, does to open. keep them. Yeah, that's that's a weird mechanic. But um, it was Make not a, a perfect game. On that. It was not a perfect game by any means. Um, and uh, and it was funny because that happened, and you could see the glowing eyes and uh, maybe the mouth too. But uh, you could see something glowing. You'd hear the like the ring, ding, 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 you know that kind of music. And he's like, "Oh God, oh God, oh God!" And then he he gets to six o'clock, and I think that's about as far as I watched in the first video, or that's as far as he got on the first video. And then um, I went to sleep that night, and <laughs> the way that we had uh the bed in the apartment because this was our first apartment but I, that was when i loved lived alone and uh we had our bed with the head uh facing two doors one facing to the hallway one to the closet yes i swear to god i woke up in the middle of the night and i could see freddie's eyes i'm like fuck because and we had taken the door off so we could get into the um uh get into the closet easier we keep doing that because we did that here too. I appreciate a no door closet. It's unnecessary, guys. But essentially, I had two entryways where I'm like, "Oh shit, is Freddie gonna come get me?" And, and I was you just wonder like, "Wonder why I don't like watching scary stuff." 
I and you're you're right. I have actually gotten myself a little uh, desensitized because I watched a bunch of scary movies uh, right before Halloween. But they're anthologies, so they're a little easier to digest, maybe. Um, but yeah, I didn't have any issues. So, but yeah, that's that's my uh, Five Nights at Freddy's story. So, um, what do you say we hop into the sponsor dome? Sure. Who's our sponsor today, Aaron? Uh, well, our sponsor, as it is every time, uh, it is Audible. Audible offers our free. Or, uh, You're, you can't do it. You better pull it up right now. Dang it! I was trying so hard. But I could probably remember it. I just stopped this started on a bad note. Audible is offering our listeners a 30-day free trial. Just go to audibletrial.com slash marriage the idea and peruse the unmatched selection of audio content. Why Audible? Audible has the biggest selection, you dummy. Why aren't you going to Audible? <laughs> it's just the best. What's the URL is? audibletrial.com slash marriage the idea i said it already you did it says it twice in there so there you go you said it properly good job i said it twice what's our uh, book recommendation aaron our book well do you want to tell them what our book recommendation is sure yeah okay (laughs) i'm doing really good i'm on a roll yeah yeah, you are okay i want to stop it so my book recommendation today is called serpent and dove uh i'm not sure when this book came out i found it at a bookstore that was closing uh, 2019 2019 oh it's recent okay it's super recent uh there's a sequel to it too which i'm interested in reading but um yeah blood and a... honey yes which just came out like a couple of months ago oh it did yeah um uh august for no september 1st sweet okay uh so i came across Spreading out this... good news thank you yeah came across this in a books a million which is was having a closing sale so everything was on sale picked it up because it looked interesting the back literally said a witch and a witch hunter in holy matrimony. And I'm like, the fact that they said that with a straight face, I, I must know how they're going to make this sitcom trope work. She's a witch. He's a witch hunter. What's going to happen next? Maybe wedding bells. Apparently so. So I was really intrigued by wa- uh, reading it. And it was really cool. I didn't know there was a sequel coming when I started reading it. And usually I hate that sort of thing. But the book manages to tell a cohesive story while leaving openings for future sequels which is what good sequel books do i say the same thing of axioms end if you can tell a whole story but the then one by not lindsay, lindsay Sterling. Ellis. yeah <laughs> not no, lindsay sterling not lindsay, ellis. lindsay ellis uh it's, right in the show lindsay no <laughs> it's world building it's like you've left the gate open for other things here uh and that's what serpent and dove did and it's really good because it plays that Normally, the will they, won't they thing is so passe to me, but the writing is just so incredibly well done that you feel for them. They, neither of them wants to be in this marriage. It was absolutely thrust upon them due to circumstances, and uh, she is just this hot-headed, cursing, uh, just like a man to get around in town sort of uh, lady, and he's just like stuck up, never known anything except the church uh, uh, innocent of a man and he's just constantly like shocked by the things that she does and says oh my word no like seriously it's just like that so <laughs> it's so fun to have the tables turned because usually it'd be if you if you're looking at a bodice ripper it's the guy who's experienced and knowledgeable and worldly and this oh poor yeah little vixen fabio on the cover yeah this little flower who has no idea of the outside world and she's a big strong man to show her what's right and so this one it was so good uh it's a romance book so definitely don't read it if you're not interested in uh sexual encounters uh but also consent happens multiple times with great aplomb 
and I'm very excited about that. So uh, I can't recommend it enough. It uh, definitely made me enjoy reading it, and I want to read more of it. I like these two. I want to see where it goes next. Uh, so uh, that's our book recommendation. It is by <clears throat> uh, Shelby Marin, uh, narrated by Holter Graham and Saskia Marvered. And uh, it is about 14 hours and 13 minutes. So The reason there are two narrators, Aaron, is because much like my book, Colorblind, there are two points of view characters. Both Lou and Diggory, they both have chapters. And yeah. they get to talk in, front in their own perspective. So I was really glad when you said there were two actual voice narrators that they were going to continue the same idea instead of having one guy try to do both parts. Right. Um, yeah, too bad you couldn't get past the, um, the one I was, I tried to show you the Dave Barry written or co-written one, uh, that basically predict, predicted the Donald, Donald Trump presidency in 2012. Well, it's, it's, it's the a hundred monkeys at a typewriter thing. Eventually they'll make it crazy. <laughs> so that makes sense. I just, I'm so astonished that they wrote it in 2012, a full four years before the, pre, uh, the before the election. Well, Sci-fi has the same idea. You look at trends and see where things are going, yeah. and you can follow along from there. When did Gilmore Girls end? God, what an out-of-nowhere question. Um, well, they made a prediction, too. That's right. Because the very, very last episode. I was Yes, 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 yes. Um, no, I do not know when it went off the air. It had to have been before I went to college, though, because I was watching reruns all the time. So it had to be 2007 that it ended? 2008? Um 2007. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was right. Uh and yeah, now that that made a little that makes a little bit more sense, but depends on how far ahead that they had written that final episode. They did predict that Obama was going to run for president, but he was already running for president at that point because they were saying like, "Oh, you know, she was like going to go talk to Senator Obama." Like, oh, is he going to run for president? Like, he didn't oh, say no, as no. much, but he did wink about it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that, you're right. That was there. Yeah. Uh, so, I think if you look at trends, you can uh, accurately depict some things. Um, so our other, or our other sponsor, um, our challenger this week, um, has been in challenger multiple times at this point, and uh, we just love having them challenge. And it's Central Cinema, as we've already discussed. Uh, they are a one theater here in Knoxville. And um, they did, re they no, by the time this episode comes out, they will be getting ready to close again. Um, they will be available for um, private rentals. Yeah, and that's the thing that I think movie theaters will live or die on as we enter into the coldest months of the year. Mm -hmm. Having you and your group of friends rent the theater out to have your holiday get together. And I think it's kind of cool because I think a lot of people enjoy watching holiday movies together around this season but there isn't really a way to do that and remain socially distanced at the movie theater you absolutely can do that you can also in different portions of the theater the numbers are limited there's popcorn and drinks and mm, really can, good popcorn you can enjoy the experience uh, and still be together even if you're not together and normally you know i'm trying to think my mom would be like, oh, that's, you know, movies, eh. But after the awful 2020 that it's been, she's like, it'd be really nice for us all to, like, sit down and watch a movie together again. <laughs> so uh, we're we're considering it for your family this year. I know That'd that. That'd be really good. Yeah. It's a good thing they don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> 
Man, calling out your family like that, huh? Day before Thanksgiving, huh? I'm going to call out this. I'm going to call that we are going to do it with Klaus because we all love that movie. And that's the one that we should all watch together. Otherwise, one of our most popular episodes. Gosh, I love Klaus so much. It was so good. I can't wait to watch it again, whether it's in a theater or at home. Okay. So. I will say this. We did meander for the first half of the episode. <laughs> I would like us to focus just a little bit on the plot and characters and story of Wolfwalkers. And I would like to see if we think about it being which of the three from the studio that we have seen, which one we like best. Um, so Wolfwalkers, we briefly, briefly touched on. Uh, it's about this young girl and her dad who have had to move to this town that is being occupied by foreign forces. And there's a little bit of animosity there and the town is really surrounded by forest and wolves and it is uh up to uh the leader of the town this freaking uh <laughs> governor radcliffe from pocahontas lookalike yeah. who is uh just this you know one of those sorts of villains who's like i can tame nature you have nothing to fear I'm in charge here. You all listen to me. Uh, but it is fun to see the town like kind of firing back against him. Like he's doing nothing to protect us. What are we supposed to do with this? Uh, and it turns out that the threat of the wolves is compounded by the fact that there are wolf walkers, people who can walk in the forms of wolves. And when our uh, young girl who's been training to be a wolf hunter, she, she loves to hunt and shoot. She's like, I'm hunt the wolf, kill the wolf. It's very, it's, that's what she wants to do. And I mean, she's introduced with a crossbow and like arrows stuck in all around the house. Oh, so cute. Oh gosh. And so she goes out to follow her dad to prove like, now if he just knew that I could handle my own, he would let me come out here. It would be fine. And she accident, she ends up getting in over her head and she meets this young girl who is a wolf walker and it turns out that her mom is also a wolf walker uh the wolf walker mythology is such that you leave your sleeping human body behind and uh become a wolf your consciousness becomes an actual physical wolf uh so her mother's body is still here but she's been missing forever trying to find a new place for the wolf pack to go live so they don't get killed and hunted all the time uh Turns out, uh, by attacking our protagonist early on, she now becomes a wolf walker, and she wakes up in a wolf body like, oh, crap, now what? And Dad's like, oh, a wolf, kill it! <laughs> and I'm like, no! And so she has to run away. Um, and it progresses from there. They figure out where the mom is. They figure out how to use their wolf powers. I think that was like my favorite scene, was her just learning about how you can feel the earth under your paws and you can smell everything and then just running through the woods. And like the song was like running with the wolves and it was all playing oh, together really yeah. beautifully. Be- so beautiful. Gorgeous animation, of course. There's something so wonderful about it. And, uh, and you know, I think in the end what's cool is that it didn't go where I was expecting. Uh, by the end, this dad just does not believe her. Uh, he shoots the mom wolf right in the chest because he thinks that she's going to attack his daughter. And she's like, no, you don't get it. And eventually, after honestly just days of weeping, of working and weeping and not being able to do anything about this and having to turn away her best friend to keep her safe, quote unquote. And like not and, falling asleep and yeah. Yeah, afraid to be turning back into a wolf again. Uh, after all this stress and stuff, uh, her dad was like pushes her away. Like, okay, I'm going to shoot this wolf now. Like, go do it. And... The movie's very clever about not just outright saying, I realize that I have been treating my friend the way you have been treating me, Dad, and that's not cool. Instead, she just, like, 
gets a backbone and just says, nope, I'm going to let this wolf out. You can't stop me. I, I am in charge of my destiny. I'm going to leave you behind and go help them. And you have this, this just poor father who has no idea what's going on. Uh, but turns out he got bit too and turns into Wolf Dad, the best of all dads. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Wolf Dad is best dad. Wolf Dad is best dad. And uh, I do love that our villain in the end would rather die than become one of these others, one of these beasts. Beasties. Yeah, uh, there's there's so much good about it. I think I think the friendship, though, of our two main leads is like the most precious beautiful thing i've ever seen and it does uh delve in a lot into the different forms of parental protection um you know you see it with her dad trying to hide her away so she doesn't have to get put to work which she eventually does um and it's kind of a depressing work Mm -hmm. um and uh you see that her mom you know went off on her own to try to protect her and it's probably good that she did that because or else she would have got caught, too. And then they wouldn't, you know, nothing would have happened. But it's um, you see that and then you even see it with our main character, Robin, um, trying to do the sim- a similar uh, kind of protection as her dad on the uh, the Wolfwalker girl, Meb. And she and I think she even realizes it as she's doing it, it's like, oh, my God, I become my father. Um <laughs> But instead of, like, accepting that she has, she chooses to be better. You know, uh, nature versus nurture kind of thing. And um, she's she realizes that she has to she has to stand up, you know, you know, and accept the consequences of it. And she fully does. You know, she's just like, you know, 12 year old girl. And she absolutely is like, okay, I'm done with this life. I'm going to go live a different life now. Um, instead of trying to accept that, you know, she's working in a scullery and well, they play it really well that they, she and her father used to have a lot more freedom, a lot more happiness. This used to be how they lived their lives. And it's the movie's really good about showing how kind of downtrodden this family, this little family is getting day after day, uh, as he gets put through more and more work. If he doesn't, you know, kill the wolves, he has to join the army and that this town is just suffocating and stifling to them. And they used to just be like, you can tell the movies like saying, wouldn't it be better really if you were wolves and just lived your own life? Isn't that what you really want? (laughs) Exactly. And you know, they do such a great job to show that the town itself isn't bad, but it's their acceptance of being in the town that is bad. And you know, the town itself, like there's, you know, there's like a, a group of rap scallions and everything like that. Bunch of street urchins. Street urchins, essentially. Um, Our crazy Maurice, who got oh, healed by the wolf walkers. And is since, crazy old Maurice. Yeah, just always talking about, I've seen him, I've seen the wolf walkers. I've seen him with my one good eye. <laughs> There's a ton of just fun character about it. Did you see how the soldiers like move in unison as they move through the town? Kind of reminiscent yeah. of... Um, Secret of Kells, how these men of the north. Yeah, move. they just almost ethereally quiet, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah. The. Uh. Yeah. They. And I don't think they were trying to show that the army itself was bad, but you know, again, being led by Ratcliffe, essentially. He. Uh, excuse me. Got an itch. You yeah. Had a, scratch. I had an itch. Um. And uh. But they do show that these they're still men because at one point they get scared and they run off and 
um, you know, they they have their own personalities essentially, kind of oh, like yeah. the clone troopers or stormtroopers. Uh, I love her rallying the wolves. The wolves, which after we actually get to meet them, are just a bunch of big dogs. Just oh my god, that was the cutest part. <laughs> like Meb is trying to scare Robin away, and like, uh, she's like, "Now go away before I make them chase after you and eat you up." And then like makes the head motion. Like, Come on, right. go chase go, after her. Go on, guys. Like, oh, is that our cute? Oh, okay, oh, okay, that's... okay, yeah. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they're all behind the barrier watching her father, and then all the wolves come slamming up into them behind the barrier too. Like, oh, no, stop it, get him, go away, <laughs> go, go lay down. <laughs> um, but yeah, the friendship is so beautiful, and it develops naturally. Like, she, as a wolf, uh, like helps her get down and accidentally bites her. But she's like, you just see, like, she's just like watching her and is like, oh, I can play with this. Oh, a toy. How fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and how uh, eventually she ends up brushing out her crazy mane of hair. Just just the biggest brave hair you've ever seen. And I think it just kind of shows that how long she had maybe been, her mom had been away. And, you know, Robin isn't so much, you know, a mother figure, but more of a big sister figure. So, oh, yeah, definitely. And I think Robin never had siblings, neither. And Meb had, you know, essentially dogs. There's a bunch of dogs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was it was fun to kind of see their relationship f- flourish. And then especially at the end, um, which, again, spoilers, uh, you know, that they all just kind of go off and start their own pack. I know that's so sweet. become almost like gypsies or something like that. I know, like they're in this traveling wagon, which I want to live inside this wagon. It's so beautiful. Like every all the shots from this, uh, I can't say. Like, what do you think of all the uh, of the three from the studio? Which do you like? This one obviously had enough time to like get the animation down pat. But yeah. which one do you think? Like, I think for me, Song of the Sea still has like the best of the animation but i can't say for certain i like the characters and i like the story more in wolfwalker but i think the animation and the emotional beat is stronger in song of the sea i was gonna disagree but actually there's a couple specific scenes that kind of stick out in my mind and um the fluidity of song of the sea which wolfwalker walkers Walkers. Walkers. Wolf Walkers is more uh, Secret of Kells than um, uh, than Song of the Sea. Like, I feel Song of the Sea is a little bit more akin to, say, like, Breadwinner mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, Song of the Sea, like, I'll, I'll break it down. So, like, Song of the Sea felt Miyazaki-ish to me. It felt times, Studio yeah. Ghibli, Chibli, as you've said to me. Uh, Very That's what I was informed of. <laughs> uh, the way that characters that we meet are actually reflections of people in our own lives that we have to come to terms with and grief. Uh, yeah. Wolf Walkers would be the one that I would watch again and again just for the fun, for the sheer enjoyment of it. It's, it's so great. It's got a... You know, it, it has a How to Train Your Dragon quality, if I had to share it with something, uh, just in this this small town surrounded by deadly things, and it turns out the deadly things aren't so deadly, and the friendship that you make with the other. And Wolfwalkers. Yes. Ah, uh, gotcha. Um, and I think I like Wolfwalkers, honestly, because I'm a stupid big fan of shape-shifting. Like, <laughs> like it's, you, you all know. It's, it's, I, n- it's not a secret anymore. I feel like Wolfwalkers is what they wanted song of the sea to be with how she turned into the seal pup mm-hmm. um you know her her true selkie form and i feel like they're like well 
I'd really like to do more with that. Maybe we can do it in a different movie where they maybe turn into a different animal, something. Oh man, like looking for paws, like something and stuff like a wolf. wolf. Maybe she turns into a wolf. Yes, 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 yes. No, I, we're we're all furries at heart here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very obvious. <laughs> So um yeah I there are some scenes in the um in Song of the Sea that do kind of are Ghibli-esque. Um Ghibli has a way of being just so visually beautiful and stunning and like when you are looking at like a a field of grass uh you feel like you're looking into a field of grass whereas with like song of the sea it's not as visually deep um but, but I'd it say is it's more about the the character idea and the the settings like when they get to the old grandmother owl's hut and the path up is just made of all of these frozen fey folk and this mm-hmm. giant owl woman who's full of menace and and kindness just is in there you're saying that because tea. of the bird stuff with miyazaki that, again i mean that's it's you want to talk about a trope yeah bird ladies yeah <laughs> uh i mean baba yaga is one of it's one of our oldest women tropes so yeah without a doubt that shows up uh actually there is a what there's a female trope in serpent and bone which is all about uh the maiden, the mother, the crone, three kinds of women all in one form, which is in itself another archetype of the female. I've heard of that, yes. where it's like a young woman um, and then like an older woman, like young woman, like between like 17 and 25, an older woman between, say, like 30 and 45, and then like an older woman between 65 and 80. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's that's exactly what they it's like all the different yeah. ways that I've you heard can of, be a I've woman. I've heard of that. Where they like keep uh, well, transforming between the three. Well, it's it's folk tale. It's 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 mm. legend. It's myth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, in that way, I do enjoy that. Uh, for for wolf walkers, I think that the the story and the friendships are just so kind and and genuine and real. It feels like people aren't playing into an archetype. It feels like we're being our own sort of characters. It's funny you said folk tales, and I'm immediately I think of the Jack tales. Mm-hmm. I'm like, do I still have... There it yes, is right you there. Do. No, it's, it's right next to you. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. For easy looking. Uh, for those of you who don't know what jacktails are, they're uh, Appalachian folktales, um, and I got to help act them out when I was a kid. So... Aaron, you acted? No. <laughs> sorry. That was a withering stare. I just got right over the microphones. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought, I thought it was clever in the moment. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, uh, so I can definitely can see some comparisons with Miyazaki. Um, I felt like Song of the Sea had more beats, whereas Miyazaki is more of a meandering, or even, sorry, Chibli films in general are just where they meander. They go from scene to scene. Um, you know, it's slice of life, but with an actual story behind it, too, so... Like Totoro and Spirited Away have a lot of those kind of scenes that just are there. They happen and they do drive the plot, but it's not like it's a plot essential scene as well. Um, whereas it's like, you know, with, um, well, I, no, I put um, Howl's Moving Castle in the same one too. Uh, I think uh, Castle in the Sky has like an actual plot that gets driven forward. So, um, so 
uh, yeah, I, I really like the animation in this one, but yeah, it felt more Secret of Kells, a little bit more flat than Song of the Sea, where that one definitely feels deeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we say flat versus deeper, we're talking about Sorry. animation. Flat, yeah, flat versus... Uh, <sighs> better way to say this. Come on, artistic back, our education, don't fail me now. Um, visually deep or visual have more visual depth than uh, less. Yes. Um, I think emotionally, Song of the Seas hit me most. Uh, Secret of Kells was most like art. It was, each frame was meant to be something that you would... You mean just like art? It's just like art. Just like art. Just like art. Toe to tip, just like art. It's, this is an art. Uh, <laughs> Nobody's going to fucking get that. Someone might get it, and then it'll be worth it. <laughs> uh, that one per- If you got what we just did... Comment below, Tony please. Tip, this is an art. Uh, this is Secret art. of Kells. I felt it was like that, and it was based off a literal work of art, and I think the movie reflects that. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the whole point yeah. the Book of Kells. Uh, so then we move to Song of the Sea, which is an emotion-driven story. It's heavy, so heavy, and, and dark, and, and can be mean and cruel. And then there's little moments of joys within it. Uh, Wolfwalkers felt the most, like, traditional, if this is going to sound. Like, this felt like this could have been a Disney movie. And when I say traditional, I mean a plot and characters that hit the right beats, um, but it isn't yeah, gosh, how do I say this without insulting it? I don't want to insult <laughs> it. No, I, okay, it's not as challenging. How about that? It it challenges the characters who are living within this story that you have to accept that there's more to this world than what you thought there was and accept prejudice. Um, especially uh, especially because Secret of Kells and Song of the Sea are just steeped in dark and depressing. Um, not in a bad way where like kids can't watch it, but like... As adults, you kind of know it is. It, I think the right word that you just use is challenging. Um, both Secret of Kells and Song of the Sea are challenging, both uh, for a emotional intelligence and just regular intelligence. Yeah, Wolfwalker is enjoyable to watch. I could see myself watching it again. Yeah, it a- still has. Time. It still has like it still has a level of challenge. But if it's like, if it's um, say. If song Secret of Kells is like a eight challenge, and you know Song of the Sea is like a seven, this would be closer to like a five. It's um or even a four. It's got some challenging things, like you know women being forced to work while the men don't are in the army, or um you know the the mother's gone and dealing with with loss, or um you know denial with Meb not accepting that her mom is possibly captured, or yeah. when she finally does, she you know, retaliates. Uh, with Will Walkers, it gets dark in the end. Like, it's been doing everything to build up to this in the end point here. Everything uh, yeah, all three from of these movies the minute, do that. Like, it yeah. felt so, like, happy and bright, and then Meb's mother gets shot, and, like, the whole movie just turned right there on that yeah. time. Like, oh, crap. <laughs> so, for there, it felt like that, but with uh, Song of the Sea and with The Secret of Kells, it starts dark. Like, especially Song of the Sea starts from a very dark position. A, an absentee father, a mute girl, and the boy who's basically been left behind in this family. Just, it's it's sad and heartbreaking all at once. Um, 
what I have to wonder is, um, well, not wonder. Uh, oh, they did do the breadwinner. Cartoon Saloon did do the breadwinner. Okay, back it up. Okay, give me give me a full rundown of this things that we've I'm, seen. I'm, we've seen their whole set. It's fabulous. Okay, so we've seen the Secret of Kells, the Song of the Sea, and then the breadwinner. So. Breadwinner is challenge level 10. Challenge? Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> God. Breadwinner is, like, it's meant to be, like, it's, it's fantastic. That's they, great. They've done a few TV shows, too. Um, they're the ones who are making the uh, My Father's Dragon animated really? remake. That's movie cool. Uh, adaptation. I'm pretty sure it wasn't the ones who did Calamity and Long Way North who are doing that. I'm pretty sure it's Cartoon Saloon that's doing my my father's dragon. Uh, yes. Oh no, yeah, they are. Okay, they, they are. Thank I just you. saw something about it. Yeah, because I still want to watch Calamity, which is by the same people who did Long Way North, another um animation studio, and it's about Calamity Jane from the Old West, and I do still want to see that. But um, yes. Uh, if we had to scale it by like challenge and art, it's got to be Breadwinner, then Secret of Kells then Song of the Sea, then Wolfwalker. And that sounds like they're like going down in quality, but that I don't, that's not what I'm saying here. I think they get more artistic, more beautiful as they progress. Uh, but I also think that they like, it's kind of like busting out the gate with Prince of Egypt and then following it up with Road to El Dorado. Both good movies, but one is clearly art and one is fun and neither one of that is bad for the other it's okay it's we it's our human nature we have to compare things and see this for that tick for tat i think big things can stand in their own individual world here yeah um <sighs> gravity falls is not she-ra and that's not a bad thing gravity falls doesn't challenge you but it's still fun and exciting gravity fall absolutely challenges you not like She-Ra challenges no, you. It, it, and they, I think that's the thing, too, is, is it, they have to be, it has to be understood that they challenge in completely different ways. Um, Gravity Fall challenges you to think, to uh, logic solve, or um, uh, be look at things in a different way. Fair enough. So then Gravity Falls versus Steven Universe. Because Steven Universe is, is emotional intelligence all the way. Yeah. You can say that even Steven Universe and She-Ra are both emotional intelligence. Um, I think the one that kind of did this kind of touch on a lot of these different challenges was avatar the last airbender because yeah. cora touches on a lot but it doesn't touch as much on like logic and problem solving as uh, avatar yeah i can see that uh and the 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 point of all of this is that it's important to see a bunch of different perspectives and unique viewpoints and i think that wolf walkers is a great film and i know that I would still want an Apple Plus membership to watch it because it's still very good and very beautiful and very nice to see. Um, I think then, as far as if I would watch it again, that's my favorite. But as far as, like, best of the four, I think it has to be Breadwinners. So, you know, it's hard to say which is the more appropriate one. Don't I mean, uh, Aaron, I would say that your movie... That is like the best movie, but you would never like you don't watch it much at all. Is um, <clears throat> August Rush? You love that movie, but you do not watch it a lot. You it, have to you you have to absorb it and be ready to. It's not a familiar friend. It is a 
challenge to you whenever you watch it. Yeah, it's not that familiar hike that you do all the time. It's, you know, up and down and you enjoy yourself. It's that hike that you know you can accomplish, but it will challenge you. Yeah, I yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think mm. we have to like look at that more often than not about the movies that we enjoy versus movies like I think that's what the Academy Awards are for. Like things like Parasite, I I know are good and important movies, but would I go see Black Panther again? Yes, I would. So we have our conundrum here. And I don't think <laughs> I think that's like I mean it's just like any form of entertainment, I think. There are books meant to comfort and books meant to engage. And some books can do both, and those become really, really good books and last in popular consciousness. So I think as long as you have a bit mix of both, I think it's a long-lasting piece of entertainment. Yeah, I'm... um. Hmm. That's why video games where it's just like walking... Well, not, not walking, sorry. I misspoke in <laughs> jargon. Games where you don't die, but are artistically beautiful yeah it's um, hard like, to like get behind that sort of game if there's no threat you have to like challenge you have to have some level of challenge to be interesting yeah like um journey journey is a beautiful video game mm -hmm. um oh, bound you and i were playing that for a while uh, bound was it challenged you in a weird way um but the uh the big thing was is that um the, these games are critically acclaimed but they don't always sell the best um and and it's in that's okay, but um, you need to have games that can basically do both. Honestly, the one I would say that does it both that is just beautiful and challenges you in different ways, but also has a really good gameplay. Breath of the Wild. Oh yeah, well, I was I was with you on that too. I figured I figured as soon as you nodded, you would be you're like I know where he's going. Well, even things like Batman Arkham Asylum. It's it's a gorgeous game mm -hmm. and challenging. It's both. Yeah, the environment is rich. Mm -hmm. So, and and that's what some of the games forget about. Like you know when you do your run and gun kind of games like Call of Duty and uh, um, Modern War. So that is Call of Duty, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Battlefields. Yeah, and, uh, you know all that stuff when it's just kind of run and gun kind of thing. You don't really take time to delve into the environment that people spent meticulous hours on. Um, you know, whereas with like, and I'm not saying, oh, sandbox versus, um, uh, you know, rail gunners or anything like that. You know, that's what they have over them. But that is why one game will last and be called one of the greatest games of all time versus, you know, this year's edition of it kind of thing. You want to feel like you have an impact on the environment or the environment has an impact on you. Right. And again, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, hey, exactly. Hate to say it, but uh, uh, that's where Breath of the Wild does really, really well. Mm -hmm. I don't know the the rich and complex tapestry of Tetris. I think will always <laughs> eclipse it. Now, you bring that up, and one of my favorite Tetris games actually did have an environment to it, um, and it changed throughout as you played. Um, I find Tetris te World. Yeah, I think Tetris and Solitaire exist in that in that nebulous world of infinite possibilities infinite combinations as a way to test your skill uh but no i don't think there's any particularly rich and deep lore behind tetris 
please don't try and make their be rich and deep lore behind treacherous. It's, it's fine. I Coming don't, soon. I don't. From Universal Studios, directed by Michael Bay. Uh, it would be. It would be all those explosions. No, I don't need to know why. It's sometimes a game is just a game. Sometimes a movie is just a movie. It's, sometimes it's just a game. <laughs> no, no. Go on. Go. Oh, boy, they are hungry. Yeah. I'm uh, a little hungry, too. Well, why don't we uh, finish off and say our thank yous and everything like that. <laughs> How does that sound to you, listener? <laughs> Wait, hey, I'm sorry. Can you? I can't understand your accent. Do it. Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll finish up. You're going to have to speak up. I'm deaf in this ear. <laughs> uh, thank you to everyone who's listening. If you want to give us some love, why don't you head on over to iTunes and give us a rating and review. Uh, you can also drop comments on our SoundCloud links. Uh, if you go to SoundCloud and listen to it on the app or on your computer device, uh, you can leave us a comment or review there as well. Uh, again, if you want to uh, monetarily sponsor us, patreon.com slash marriage to the idea. Uh, thank you to our sponsor, Audible. Uh, again, audibletrial.com slash married to the idea for your 30-day free trial membership. And uh, many thanks to Central Cinema, without which we would not have been able to see Wolf Walker. And I am really grateful for that. Yeah, there's... Um, uh, we, we, we always try to do somebody smaller for these, for the challengers. And, you know, if there was an actual challenger... You know, we would absolutely let them into the ring. If you want to be a challenger, the there is a Patreon round for Exactly, that. you know. Um, and, yeah, I think that would be the place that we include it. Um, but uh, we uh, we do appreciate you listening to this. And um, uh, and we appreciate Central Cinema trying to stay open as much as they can. So the, the least that we can do is mention them on our podcast and mm-hmm. say, hey, go check them out. They always have some fun showings. Um, you know, I got to watch a goofy movie there, um, first time on the big screen. Cause I always watched it on the small screen when I was a kid. Um, it's, it's a great cinema. It's owned locally and they, they do a lot. They actually do a lot for the community as well. So, uh, Aaron, I got to plug my book. Uh, I would love if you got to plug your new webtoon. Oh, <sighs> Just, just, just tell us about. It. Just tell us where else we can go to find it. And okay, um, so as Liz mentioned, I am uh, doing. I am creating a webtoon um, or a uh, a web comic. Um, it is on webtoon and it is called "That's Pretty Sketchy." Um, I it is a single panel comic, very uh, reminiscent of the Far Side comics. Um, or your typical, you know, family circuses and stuff like that, but with more of that sardonic humor of the far side. Um, and I have a few episodes up. I um, am trying to upload more, but <laughs> my scanner broke. But there are a few that you can take a look at and see if you like. Yes. Um, so if uh, they have a, uh, a mobile app, and a uh, you can view the comics online as well. So... Um, you have multiple ways of viewing it. I we personally both love webtoon. There's so many fantastic webtoons out there. Um, a couple that have been turned into shows, mm-hmm. um, like Noble S and God of High School. Yeah, or one of those two. Uh, and a lot of them are adaptations of already existing books, uh, like The Wrath and the Dawn. Yeah, or they're transplants from uh, uh, other places as well. And uh, 
there's great community uh you can comment and the creators will immediately see as i can can tell you uh, you know from personal experience um it's it's a great um resource if you want to get into some webtoons i actually discovered it because um i was looking for motion horror comics uh if you've ever seen the ghost of dong bak i think it was that one got me when i was a kid and they have a couple on there that are just freaking awesome the same creator of that remade it for halloween this year um and did a bunch of other ones and the way they use the motion was awesome uh, i got into it because of lore olympus and yes it is very good and yes you should go read it and then you should read a lot of other awesome creators on there like lord have mercy Lord Have Mercy is a really, really good one. And St. Catherine. I have started St. Catherine. Um, I'm not nearly as far as Liz, but I do. I just bought the first was... two volumes. So that's the cool thing with the creators. Sometimes they actually have physical copies. So I did buy the first two volumes from her. If yeah. you want to read it here at the house. And it's and um, as we mentioned our Patreon earlier, um, this they actually have direct links to their Patreons. And sometimes you'll get included in things or you'll get special shout outs. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Anything else you want to add there, Liz? <laughs> I don't know. We got a, a little uh, pluggy at the end, too. Plug at the beginning, pluggy at the end. Plugs all around. Plugs as far as the eye can see. Plugs. Plugs as far as the eye can see. Aaron, did you say you acted once before? No, why? <laughs> Until next time. She's been Elizabeth. He's been Aaron. And, and we're, we're married, married to, to the idea. idea.